to this new series that we called Doors. One of our guys that does our, uh, he helps us a lot. He does a lot of the slides and he does a lot of the graphic design stuff for us. A lot of the great stuff you see up here. He texted me the other day and he asked, what's that new series called? I just wanted to make sure he knew it's just doors. The word doors. I was trying to emphasize ju just doors. He thought it was just doors. <laughs> so this, you know, this might look different next week. <laughs> I saw that this morning and I was like, that's amazing. I love it. I love it. It's not, it's not his fault, it's mine. I should have put doors in quotes. <laughs> Communication is key, all right? Which is funny, that's actually a lot of what we're gonna talk about today. Communication, listening to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I saw you still shaking over there. Come on, we gotta get serious now, Jamie, all right? It wasn't Jamie, he didn't. <laughs> oh man, all right. It is really, yeah, I'm still like, I'm shook, I'm shook, all right. <laughs> Matthew 4, verse one. All right, we're gonna get serious, church. <laughs> Just talking about doors. All right. So, I, as we had been preparing for this season of prayer and fasting, uh, like, probably about a month and a half, two months ago, that's when I, you know, kind of started formulating. I, I could see, like, we're coming down to the end of Corinthians, and I'm thinking, I could drag this out for another year, or we could start a new series. Uh, but I, I knew I wanted to start something fresh again for our 21 days of prayer and fasting, just like we did last year. And I, I kept thinking, what, what is it that God wants to teach us about this season? And as I kept looking at the end of Corinthians, we covered this last week, I kept seeing this one verse that stood out. And actually, I'll have you jump over there, 1 Corinthians 16, 9. We talked about this last week. But there is a wide open door. This is how Paul closes out Corinthians. There is a wide open door for a great work here. Although many oppose me. There's a wide open door for a great work here, although many oppose me. And my brain just starts, and the Holy Spirit just starts kind of bringing something to my attention. And it's just it's an idea, a door. And then I start thinking through how many times does Scripture talk about this idea of a door and opportunity? And that's what that word meant. It's, uh, it's thura. It, it literally meant a door, but it could also mean an opportunity. And I believe that what he wants to teach us in this season is to learn how to discern the doors, to discern whether they're closed or whether they're open, to discern whether to go forward or to say to stay and sit and wait. Because sometimes you can see an open door, you know it's there, and you might want to rush ahead right here, right now in this moment and say, this is it. But he might be just telling you, just sit and wait. That is the door, but it, it's not time yet. Sit and wait until I say go. And so there's this constant theme throughout Scripture of doors, and you see Jesus reference it so many times. And so we're going to look at some different passages that talk about doors. Uh, but before we do that, I, I want to say this season of prayer and fasting, I, I love uh, everything you have to say, Ned. That was perfect for the church to hear. A season of prayer and fasting is not about perfection. 
It's not about beating yourself up if you have a day where, man, you miss or you forget. Maybe it's social media. You accidentally click on Instagram because you are programmed every time you pick up your phone to hit Instagram. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, wait, what am I doing? Shoot, I ruined my whole fast. Don't beat yourself up. The enemy wants to beat you up over this. Just get back in, keep going, and keep going forward. It's not about perfection. It's about seeking his presence. And it's not about, man, if I do this fast exactly the way I say I will on day one, and if I do everything, if I go 21 days without looking at social media, if I go 21 days without eating anything except drinking water, or whatever your fast is, if I go 21 days on the Daniel fast, or 21 days from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., I'm fasting. Whatever your fast is that you choose to do, and, and you get this mindset of, if I just do it perfectly, then I will get what I want. You've already missed it. It's not about getting what we want. It's about getting in alignment with him and seeking his presence. And then all of a sudden, our desires begin to line up a lot more with his desires. That's what we're seeking in this season. We're seeking him out. We're seeking his presence. And he will reveal himself. And along the way, he'll probably start to show you some open doors, and he'll probably start to show you some closed doors, some things that you need to say, this is done, this season is over, this relationship, you, you need to walk away because this is not healthy for you, and that door needs to be closed for a season because this door, it stirs you up in a way that is not healthy right now. You can't handle it right now in your soul. It might be a family member. I know, I can speak from experience there. There's some family members you might have to shut the door on for a season and say, I'm not ready right now for those conversations that need to be had. But I know he's going to get me ready and he'll open up that door when it's time. There's a lot of discernment that needs to happen in this season and to get aligned with him. But above all things, what we do, what we look for, when we're viewing everything, we view it from this lens of his ultimate goal. What's his ultimate goal? The redemption of souls. And so above all else, does what we're seeking out, does it line up with the word and does it line up with his ultimate goal? The redeeming of souls. Drawing people back to him or to him for the very first time in their lives. Look at it in everything you do through that lens in this season. Matthew 4, verse 1. Let's look at Jesus' time of fasting. That Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. Right? But yeah, like duh, 40 days, 40 nights. That sounds insane to us. 21 days seems a long, like a long time. And everyone, I, I do love this church. Everyone's doing something different. But, every, I mean, I've heard so many great stories already. And I think it, another thing I want to point out to you, it's really easy to, to try and be the, the fasting police or to say, well, you know, you're still drinking coffee. Or, you know, or, oh, well, you know, I saw you. You, know, you don't know what somebody else is fasting from in this season. Don't beat people up. Don't come after them in this season. That's not what this is about. But I love this corporate fast together because all I've seen so far are conversations and encouragement and just questions. What are you doing? How are you doing it? What does that look like? And it is building up and edifying the church. 
I think the fasting police, they maybe would come in and say, well, you know, what did Jesus say? You shouldn't even talk about your fast. If you're doing a fast on your own outside of the corporate fasting, then you're right. Be obedient to what Jesus says about that. But in a corporate fast, when we are in this together, and we're doing it as a church family, I would tell you, this isn't about bragging or trying to look more spiritual than other people. It's about the building up and edification of the church. So if you're having some of these conversations and you're asking, don't, don't get caught up and don't let the enemy say, well, you shouldn't even be telling anybody you're fasting. You're right. Don't go and brag about it. Don't go on social media and say, man, I'm doing this fast. It's so hard. I'm so spiritual. Don't do that. But have some of the conversations with people in your small group. Have some of the conversations with people in your life because then all of a sudden, there is building up an edification that's happening there. And it's encouragement. And it's encouragement, just like what Nevin was saying, to just keep going. Even when you cheat and you get that Chick-fil-A, man, just, all right, get that going tomorrow. Keep seeking his presence, his face, and his word. So verse 3. During that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, Tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city of Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, he will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands, so you don't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. They ministered to him. When you fast, it weakens you spirit, or it weakens you physically, but it strengthens you spiritually. Jesus was weak in the flesh, but he was strong in the spirit. He was able to withstand every attack, every temptation the enemy threw at him. The other thing you need to know, when you fast, I'll tell you what, here's my testimony from last week. Day one, day two, I was like, man, I should have been doing this a long time ago, first of all. Like, I hadn't fasted in a while. And I came out of a season in December where I was feeling drained and I was feeling tired and I was just feeling worn out. And I, I just wasn't even sure what the Holy Spirit was speaking, where he was directing me, what he wanted me to do. And so I was just leaning on the word of God, just grasping for straws every week. And all of a sudden, I started fasting this past week and I started spending more intentional time just sitting with him in his presence and just waiting on the Lord. I'll tell you what, like Monday, Tuesday, it was like all of a sudden, it was, uh, it was a recharge to the soul. I, I mean, it went from like I was running on empty to the tank was full again. But let me tell you something. When you start to fast, you have to learn that's when the enemy's going to come. Because he came on Wednesday. Oh, man. Like he came. And he, here's what, here's what the enemy loves to do. All the way back in the garden. God gave Adam and Eve a choice. Because he wanted them to 
choose by their own free will to love him, to choose relationship with him. And so there was this tree, and what did he say? He said, don't eat from that one tree. You can have any other tree. Don't eat from that one tree. And what did the enemy do? The enemy came, and he twisted, and he manipulated the truth, and he did it all to gain control over men. God gives free will. The enemy wants control. But he makes it look like freedom. In our world, everything the enemy says is good, it is twisted and distorted. It, there is pleasure and good that God has created in this world, but the enemy has twisted it, and he said it is good, and you can have it as much or however you want, in whatever way you want, and that's what freedom is, but that's a lie from the enemy. He has twisted and manipulated the truth to gain control over humanity. And so in this season, as you're discerning truth from lies, as you're discerning God's word from the world's word, as you're discerning God from the enemy, because the enemy is so good at appearing as an angel of light, I will tell you, begin to look at what the people around you are seeking. Because you might start to see in your life that there are people that you've let into your life that say they love you, that say they care about you, that say they want good things for you. But really, they're seeking control and they're seeking it through manipulation. And so you have to be aware of that. And so as you're entering into this season of fasting and prayer, be aware that the enemy is coming. He will attack and it might not look exactly the way you think it will. It might not look uh, exactly the way it has in the past. But in some way, in some form, he will try to attack in this season. And look what he does. Every time, what is he trying to do? He's trying to manipulate Jesus. If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. I mean, I, I remember in Bible college and in uh, my early days of youth ministry sometimes, I didn't realize this, but I, I, had, a, I had a bit of like, I, I, okay, I, it was sin, it was evil. I can't just dance around it. I, I could manipulate situations. I could talk people into things that probably weren't great ideas. And so my first year of Bible college, uh, there was this really big like football player dude that was like a senior and I was like a freshman and this guy kind of walked around the campus like, you know, he was all that. And I, I had this crazy dumb idea to manipulate another kid from the school to prank this guy because I wanted to prank him, but I didn't want to get beat up by this guy. <sighs> and so I did it and it was wrong and it was evil and I repent now that I'm looking back on it. But that's what manipulation and control looks like. And so that's what Satan tries to do. He'll say things and he'll say all the right things and they'll sound just a certain way and he'll try to get you to do something to prove something. If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Jesus told him, no. The scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, if 
You are the Son of God. Jump off for all the scriptures say. He will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot or stone. He keeps doing this over and over, trying to manipulate, to gain control over Jesus. I would tell you this is something to take home with you and to go through some of the relationships you have in your life and start to evaluate, do they love me or do they want to control me? To discern some of those things. And then to become wise in how you handle those relationships. to also understand that anyone who uses these weapons of the enemy, they've been taught these weapons of the enemy. They are not the enemy. The enemy is not flesh and blood. It's the powers, principalities of this world, the unseen realm. And so then to understand, once you know how the enemy is attacking and moving in your life, you can begin to pray intentionally for those people that have taken advantage of you in the past, that have used these weapons of the enemy. And you can begin to help expose what they've done, to be honest with them, to speak in truth and love to them, and say, hey, listen, this is wrong, and this isn't a real relationship. And this might be the only way you've known relationship in your life, because it was taught to you by your parents, and it was taught to them by their parents, and it is generational, and it's passed down, and it's learned behavior. And so now that you're aware of it, now God's going to use you to help set captives free. That's what he just did right there. He just, some of you right now, you just received that and you just see it for the first time because I just saw it for the first time this last week. And now he's going to use you to speak truth into people's lives to help set captives free because it was learned behavior that came all the way back from the garden. And it was taught by the enemy. And it's not love. Because love is a choice. It's not control. my predestination friend. <laughs> I love you, man. First <laughs> uh, right. Corinthians, uh, actually, yeah, First Corinthians 16, 9. There's a wide open door for a great work here, although many oppose me. Once again, just because there is opposition, just because there is attack, just because there is an adversary coming after you in this season, that doesn't mean you're in the wrong spot. That doesn't mean you're doing the wrong things. This is a part of discernment. Learning how to discern when there's a wide open door, even when the enemy is coming after you and understanding, oh no, 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 this isn't from God. God doesn't want me to stop. He doesn't want me to stop moving forward into what he's called me into in this season. This is because the enemy knows if I keep going forward, get set captives free because I'm being obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit in my life. 2 Corinthians 2, 12 through 13. Here's what Paul says. When I came to the city of Troas to preach the good news of Christ, the Lord opened a door of opportunity for me. There it is again and again. You see this, these doors of opportunity throughout Scripture. 
but I had no peace of mind because my dear brother Titus hadn't yet arrived with a report from you. So I said goodbye and went on to Macedonia to find him. There was an open door of opportunity, but I had no peace of mind. I didn't have a sound mind. We, we sing that sometimes here, this song called Sound Mind. I love that one. And so as you're discerning doors and opportunities from God in this season, that's another thing to remember. There could be an opportunity that God has opened up, but if there's no peace of mind, you need to sit with him and then discern what does it look like to find that peace of mind before you go through and enter that door. There's no easy button for discernment. There's no just, oh man, if I just go to, you know, this section in scripture and I, I go here every time I have a question or every time I can just go back to the same place in this book, in this book and I, I'm going to get my discernment. I'm going to get my answer. No, no, no. Discernment is a lifelong process that we are working through and understanding and figuring out how to listen to the Holy Spirit. And I, I'm telling you, even Paul, even Paul was figuring this out at times. Acts 16, go there now. Acts 16, verse 6. Here's what it says, verse 6. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. He had prevented them from preaching in the province of Asia at that time. Verse 7, then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north from the province of Bithia, Bithynia. All these tough ones today. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through Mysia to the seaport of Troas, which is where he has the open door that Corinthians is talking about. Just so you know, when I came to the city of Troas, 2 Corinthians, to preach the good news of Christ, the Lord opened a door of opportunity for me. What was Paul going off of? He, he was going off of the word of the Lord. Going to all the world. And so that's what they were doing. Paul was just sitting around. I mean, him and Silas were thinking, where should we go? Um, I, I, I don't know where you want to go, man. I've never seen Asia. Let's go to Asia. And so they start going to Asia. We're going to go preach in Asia. We're going to take the gospel message there. And the Holy Spirit closed that door. This is Paul learning how to listen and discern the Holy Spirit's voice in his life. Like, this should give us hope, because how many times in our life do we think, I'll never figure it out, it's hopeless, I'm not Paul, you know, I'm not John, I'm not James, I'm none of those guys, I'm just Michael or Johnny or Susie, I don't know. Uh, hopefully I didn't use anybody's real name in here. But listen, we get discouraged, right? We're like, how, how can I ever learn how to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit in my life? How can I tell if this is an open door or a closed door? Even Paul was figuring it out. That's what this season of fasting with prayer is about. It's about learning how to discern his voice, how to discern the closed doors from the open doors, how to discern when he says go and when he says wait, how to discern when he says never. <laughs> Like some of you, I mean, you you know that. You've been in those relationships where you keep chasing after this girl and God just keeps trying to throw up roadblocks and you're like, oh, no, I'm going to marry this girl. And he's like, never, all right, run as fast as you can. 
Just me? I don't know. Maybe I was in one of those back in the day, right? We've all been in those moments. And he just has to do things sometimes to get the signal across because it is so hard for us to understand and see outside of our own desires and our own will. That's what he's teaching us as believers. In this season of fasting and prayer, the more you just sit and wait upon the Lord and learn to listen to him, he's going to continue to reveal himself. He's going to continue to speak through his word. And as you're discerning the Holy Spirit's voice in your life, just like Paul, here's what I would tell you. Nothing the Holy Spirit says will ever go against his word. That's your, there you go, there's your number one rule. Nothing that, when you're discerning what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and, and you believe uh, Holy Spirit's telling me I'm not happy in my marriage, I need to leave my wife and go marry this girl, the Holy Spirit told me that. No, no, we rebuke that, no. Uh, sorry, that's not anywhere here in the Word, okay? We go here first to discern what we believe the Holy Spirit is speaking into our lives. Because there are other spirits that speak in this world, and there's spirits that speak to deceive and to lie and to draw you away from His Word. So remember, sit in His presence, wait upon Him, Learn to listen, just like Paul had to learn to listen. Sometimes we think that some of these guys were just like instantly downloaded with like perfection when it came to understanding the Word of God, when it came to understanding and listening to the Holy Spirit's voice in their life. Like, no, there were things that they had to learn and understand, and there were things that they had to be taught by the Holy Spirit, who's a teacher, who's a counselor. That's what he does. He teaches us along the way. There's no instant download. That'd be great. It doesn't exist. Verse 9. Actually, uh, do I want to say that one? Yeah, I'll say that one. I'll say that one. Here's the other thing I wanted to uh, separate for you. There's two different Greek words used for the word word. Okay? Two, that's complicated. There's two different Greek words used for the word word. Okay? So, one... Quotations, word, all right? Not just word, word, okay? <laughs> we, got, we got the logos, or the logos. Uh, I can't remember how to pronounce that one. Greek, where's my Greek guy? Logos. <laughs> logos. Uh, it, it's, Jesus is called the logos, the word. The word became flesh. But then we got Hrama. I got that one right, I promise you. So I worked on that one. Hurrah. It's a word by implication, a matter, a thing spoken. Uh, go to Romans 10, 17. I don't have this one for you, but Romans 10, 17. This one just hit me. We've talked about this before, actually, this summer. What it looks like to receive a specific word. Romans 10, 17. Here's what Paul says. So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. Faith comes by hearing. And so when he's talking about that, he's talking about hearing a specific word, parabah. That's that word, there you go, for Greek. 
the same word of God, a specific word for a specific person in a specific situation. So there might be times during this fasting season and prayer where you are sitting and you are waiting on the Lord, and he might, uh, some people use this term, he might quicken a passage of scripture to your mind. As you're thinking through and you're praying through and you're discerning something in your life, and you're sitting there and trying to understand what is God's will here? What's he trying to teach me? He might quicken a certain scripture to you. He, he might even quicken something to you and say, go here, look, look here. He might start to bring it to your mind and it might just lead you right there to Isaiah 11 verse two. He might just, you know, come up with a, a book in the Bible and a, and a passage and a verse. And, and sometimes you, this is where the sermon comes in. You have to discern, okay, is this from him or am I just, you know, making this up right now? I'm just trying to find something. But there's been so many moments in my life where he's brought something and I've gone there and I've seen that, that's specifically to the situation we're trying to work through right now or we're trying to deal with or we're trying to figure out. And then there's other moments where it's just in my own mind and I'm just desperate looking for something and I try to rush through it and I'm just thinking, uh, where, where can I go, where can I go? John, 250, and it's just me, it's just rushing and trying to get him to go at my speed. There are moments where he'll give you a specific word in a specific season, and he might bring you back to an old verse that you've read months ago or years ago. He might say, maybe at that time you didn't understand it, but at this time you'll get it and you can receive it, and it will change your life in this season. So he can quicken a word on you. So now Acts 16, back there again, verse nine. Acts 69, that night, as they've been looking around for where to go, that night Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave from Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. So God opened a door for them, and he gave him a specific word through a vision and a dream. And I would say he can still speak through visions and dreams today. But once again, that is a part of discernment and being in community and in the word. If you get a dream about roller coasters and you think, God wants me to build a roller coaster park, maybe just you know consult some people, bring some people in on that first. If you're married, maybe check with your spouse before you, you know, cash out the 401k and go invest in roller coasters. Uh, but do that in community together to listen and discern. But to sh don't be afraid. If you believe, like, man, God's, God gave me this dream and I, I remember it vividly and clearly, and you believe he's given you an action that goes along with that, he can still speak and still move through that way. And that could be one of the ways he could give you a specific word in a season. But discern it through the lens of his word, and then through the lens of his community that he's given you. That's right, you can't be a lone ranger on your own as a believer. You have to be in community. You need it. We need it. We need you and you need us. We are intertwined together. So let me sum it up here. Worship team, you guys can come up as we get ready for this. The Holy Spirit will never contradict the word of Scripture. 
sit in this season and wait upon the Lord. Don't rush through it. Don't discern it. Sit with him. Sit with him. Listen to his voice. Be in his presence. And if you spend a whole hour in prayer just talking to him, listening to his voice and reading the word, and you don't get the answer you want, don't believe for a second that that was a waste of time. Because you just spent time with him in his presence. That means so much. There's so many moments where we take his presence for granted. And we just use him for what we can get, for what we can receive. If you're a, a parent, I, I think it's really easy, you know, you can look at your own kids in this situation. But there's a lot of moments uh, when Maverick just wants to just sit with me on the couch and just wants to read. Or, or Harper, uh, after everyone else has gone to bed and she can't quite fall asleep and I'm still up studying or reading or doing whatever I'm doing, uh, she'll come up and just ask him, would you just read a, a story from the Bible to me? And this is kind of recent in our lives. We're, we're not, you know, we're, we're figuring out, our family is figuring out what it looks like to disciple our kids because we didn't really see it in our own lives to the extent that we want to do that in our kids' lives, and we want to help bring them along in their faith. And so we keep having some of these moments, and God keeps giving us these doors of opportunity. And it's really easy in those moments for me as a dad to be like, no, I'm busy. I got to do something. I, I haven't done anything all day. I've been busy. I've been running around. I, I need to study, or I need to, I need to get done whatever I need to get done. It would be really easy and tempting just say that. I think, wow, that's a terrible father. <laughs> and so then I, I put everything to the side and sit with her, and we're just there together, and it's not a waste of time. Just because we didn't accomplish something that the world would say, man, that's productive. You didn't get your emails done on or you didn't get this project done or whatever it is that's weighing you down it's a burden right now and you think we don't have time to sit and relax and just be in these moments and join each other's company because we've got to do A, B, C, D whatever it is on our list to get things done to keep up with everyone else in this world to look like we have it together to everyone else we get caught up in these games so often and we forget it it's okay to just sit in his presence and be together. And yeah, maybe we're looking for an answer. Maybe we're looking for something from him. But there's moments where we just need to be with him. this one down separate last night as I was sitting there. We 
There's different spirits. I told you this. There's different spirits that are trying to speak to you. Demonic spirits in this world, the unseen realm. One of them is a spirit of suicide. And I, I just believe that there's somebody in here today that has heard from that spirit that they believe it's their own thoughts. I'll tell you something. That thought, that thought of suicide, that thought of self-harm, it's not you, it's from the world, it's from the enemy. And he wants to manipulate and control, and he wants your life. Don't listen to that thought. learning to discern his voice. You need to know that you are loved. You're a son. You're a daughter. You're invited into his family. You're adopted. Begin to declare that truth over your life today. You have spiritual authority because of Jesus. And so when the lies of the enemy begin to enter into your mind, that's when you call them out and you rebuke them for what they are. You rebuke them as lies from the enemy. He came to set the captives free. You're not suicidal. You're not your mental illness. You're not your sickness. You're not your disease. That's not your identity. You're a son and a daughter of the king. Speak truth to the liar today. Take back your authority and speak truth to the lies. When he comes at you with those lies, when he comes at you to try to manipulate and control. You speak truth about who you are and whose you are. He's already won. Let's stand up, church, as we begin to worship here in this moment. Don't give him a foothold in this season. Understand. And because of what you're doing, he knows you're about to move forward in intimacy and relationship with the Father, and he wants to come between that. The enemy's coming this week. You've been fasting, you've been praying, you've been spending time in the Word. Some of you, you you're just hearing about this right now, you're going to join in this week, you're going to join the fast, you're going to finish out this season with us as a church. And you're going to dive into a closer relationship with the Father, and the enemy wants to come between you. He wants to do whatever he can to twist and manipulate and lie and take control back over your life. Rebuke the enemy when he comes and speak the truth of God's word to him. He flees in the name of Jesus.